Hello again, everyone. This is John Martinoni. Welcome to Balaam's Ride, the edge of Catholic radio. You're listening either on 1480 AM locally here in Birmingham or worldwide on the web at www.queenofheavenradio.com. And if you like the program, please tell other people about it. Tell them to tune in and listen every Wednesday morning, 11 a.m. Central Time, 12 p.m. Eastern, or 1600 Greenwich, Greenwich Mean Time. And uh, this is John Martinoni, your host for the program. And again, people emailing saying, why Balaam's Ride? What, what are you, what's the deal with Balaam's Ride? Why are you calling it that? Folks, go to the book of Numbers in the Old Testament and read the story about Balaam and see if you can figure it out. All right, and on the program, we, we generally do uh, apologetics, talk about church issues, uh, going to be getting into matters of uh, economics and politics as well, uh, church history, uh, church news, and, and so forth. That's what we do here, just a little bit of everything, but uh, focus a lot on apologetics, which uh, if you know anything about me, that's my background, that's my specialty. And as our guest today... We have another Catholic apologist, uh, Patrick Madrid, who is here. He's, uh, uh, I'll, I'll let him, we'll talk about all the things he's involved in here in, in a few minutes. But uh, Patrick Madrid's been an apologist, I guess. Uh, well, well, first of all, Patrick, welcome to the program. Hey, John. It's good to be on with you. And by the way, I really like that ELO action at the beginning of the program. It, yeah. That's very nice. Fire on High, one of my favorite songs of all yeah. time. Yeah. So, great, uh, great album, great band, great song. Absolutely. Now, how long have you been an, a professional Catholic apologist? Well, if you date it to when I started getting paid for this, um, I w- I've been doing it for 26 years. And I became active and interested in apologetics in 19... 19- in 1986, 1987, and I started in early 1988 uh, working at Catholic Answers uh, just after Carl Keating had closed down his law practice and, and decided to open a full-time apologetics apostolate. I was the second person hired, um, and that's where I got my start. So I've been doing it for that long. Very good. And uh, folks, Patrick, uh, if you're not familiar with him from EWTN, well, my question is, where have you been on EWTN radio, EWTN television, uh, his many books, I guess up to 21 books now? You just had a new one come out? Yeah, that's right, John. And folks, these are some of the best books on uh, the Catholic faith, on Catholic apologetics that you can find out there. So I highly recommend just doing a Google search on Patrick Madrid and books and start buying them and start reading them. Uh, And and just so you know, folks, if you want to be on the program today, you can join us either by calling 205-714-7014. That's 205-714-7014. Or email me, john at Bible. ChristianSociety.com if you've got a, a question for Patrick. John at BibleChristianSociety.com. Now, Patrick, the topic um, that I want to discuss today is basically it's, it's the Pope said what? Because uh, in the last few months, we've had any number of occasions. I, I can think of three specific ones, but I, there's probably more 
where Pope Francis has said something and the media has taken it and run with it. They've picked something out of what he said and and put up headlines that have had Catholics going, the Pope said what? And it's just – it's problematic in many ways because, well, number one, is the media accurately reporting? And number two, is is the Pope – is he changing doctrine? That's a question that I've gotten a lot. It, so let me just throw that first one out to you. Is the Pope changing doctrine with anything that he's said in any of these uh, interviews that he's given or uh, articles that he's written to the newspapers and such? No, that's the simple answer. I'm sure that's the answer that you've given when you're asked that question, John. Uh, no, the Pope is not changing doctrines. He can't change doctrines. Uh, even the Pope is is subject to divine revelation, and and so he not only is not attempting to change doctrine, but he couldn't even if he tried to. What he is doing, is, it seems to me at least, <clears throat> is he is he's responding to the media, he's interacting with the media in a way that is very atypical, to say the least, for popes. He, he grants interviews. He, he answers questions off the cuff. He speaks often extemporaneously and not always from a prepared text. These are not common ways for the popes of recent memory, at least, to, to interact with the media and to talk to people. So that's different. And it leads to the kind of thing that you just described, where people, um, they, they, have <clears throat> they have a little more difficulty, we might say, in ascertaining exactly what he might mean by certain things because of phraseology that's not as precise, for example, as what we're used to with Pope Benedict XVI or Pope John Paul II. Pope Benedict XVI, I think if you looked up the in the dictionary, the word precision, you'll probably see his picture there, because he is um, the epitome of a man who writes and thinks extremely precisely. And I'm not suggesting that Pope Francis is not precise, but he uses language that is not exacting. And I think that's where some of these, he said, what moments come up, because people are not at first glance entirely sure what he means by it, and it seems open to some interpretation that's um, questionable. And that may be where the media comes in, because I think, obviously, they want to sell papers and sell you know, advertising, so the more controversy they can find, the better for them. Well, and, and I want to – I'm going to come back to something you said in a few minutes, but first, let me ask you this, and maybe you, you explain to the listeners. Even if the Pope wrote – let's say this um, – this editorial that he responded to in La Repubblica, the Italian newspaper that this atheist had written a letter and so the Pope wrote something back. Let's say in there that he had said something that is contrary to Catholic doctrine. Would that mm-hmm. mean that, that doctrine has changed or that the church is no that, – that apologists like you and I can no longer say, well, yeah, the Catholic Church really is the true church. Would that throw all that out the door if he did something like that? No, and I, and I know you're asking the question rhetorically because you know the answer. But for those who wonder about that, no, the Pope, is, by virtue of his office as the successor of Peter, as the Bishop of Rome, he enjoys the charism, <clears throat> excuse me, of infallibility, which is the uh, the protection granted by God Himself, by which and through which the Pope would be prevented or restrained from formally teaching error to the Church, and 
uh, when the Pope grants an interview or he makes an offhand comment in a letter to the editor or some such thing, he's not operating within the the parameters of what it, what is necessary for a, uh, an infallible statement. Keep in mind, and you know this, John, but keep in mind, folks, that when the Catholic Church talks about the Pope being infallible, it does not mean that he has special knowledge or he is uh, inspired the way the the sacred authors were inspired to write the New Testament, for example. He doesn't have a- access to anything other than what you and I have access to. Rather, infallibility is like a guardrail on a steep, twisty mountain road. The guardrail is there so that if it gets rainy or foggy or you start to fall asleep at the wheel or whatever, uh, if you go off the road, you won't go over the cliff because the guardrail is there to prevent you from going over the cliff and, and killing yourself. And in a similar sort of way, the charism of infallibility, which is very important, it it extends to all of the hierarchy of the Church, in other words, all of the bishops in communion with the Bishop of Rome, but to him in a particular way, when he's operating in these parameters laid down at the First Vatican Council. I I won't go into all the specifics, but just to say that, to to answer your question again, when the Pope grants an interview or speaks uh, in a you know, on, on a television camera or something like that. He is not exercising his office in an extraordinary, infallible way. And that, I think, can bring some relief to people who wonder about a scenario like what you just uh, explained, and because popes can be wrong in their personal opinions, and uh, sometimes those kind of things could come out, and people shouldn't be worried that that's somehow injuring or refuting this teaching of the Catholic Church. So as one of the preeminent Catholic apologists in, in, in the world today, Patrick, and, and folks... Is he I, here today, too? Uh, I, I'm, I'm, well, I, I I'd have, love to I, talk to him if he's, if he's here. I have to tell the listeners that uh, I'm currently uh, enrolled in an online apologetics course that uh, Patrick Madrid is teaching, so I'm trying to butter up my teacher here. <laughs> so as one of the preeminent apolo- Catholic apologists in the world, Patrick, how would you explain to people, or, or how would you advise someone? Because I know uh, after the Pope wrote that uh, letter to La Repubblica about conscience and atheist and stuff, I got all these emails from people saying, uh, my my Baptist co-worker said, you know, the Catholic Church can't be the true church because of this, or, or uh, uh, somebody said, someone else said, I've got a friend, he wrote me this letter that said the Pope has said that atheists can go to heaven if they just follow their conscience, uh, and, and so forth and so on. How would you advise people to respond to uh, situations like that? Well, I would start, especially if you're talking with Bible-believing Christians who don't happen to be Catholic, um, I would start by uh, quoting the Holy Bible. I would go to uh, Acts chapter 10, verse 34, and read to them, It says in verse 34, And Peter opened his mouth and said, Truly I perceive that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. And I would join with that uh, what St. Paul says in 1 Timothy 2, verse 4, where he he begins in verse 1 by saying, I ask that prayers, supplications, petitions, and thanksgivings be offered for everyone, for kings and for all in authority, that we may lead a quiet and tranquil life. For this is good and pleasing to God our Savior, who wills everyone to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. Now, that second passage is instructive because God does not desire the damnation of anyone. That's a, that's a gross error. 
uh, for people to think that God creates certain people just for damnation. That's the heresy of Calvinism, or at least one of the heresies. But in the case of God willing all men to be saved, if, if God wills this, as the Bible clearly says he does, then he must provide some means. He can't will in something that's impossible. That would be contrary to his nature. So the fact that God wills the salvation of all people means he provides the sufficient grace for everyone or any given person to be saved. Now, I'm not saying that everyone is saved. I'm certainly not even saying that most people are saved. We don't know how many people are saved. We have reasons for hope, but we, we simply don't know. So I think the best thing to do is is to take a more pessimistic view, a more urgent view that people need to know um, Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior and accept him as Lord and Savior in order to be saved. Jesus himself said, no one comes to the Father except through me. So when the Pope makes comments like this about atheism, number one, this is not news. This is something that has always been part of the Catholic Church's teaching. It's in the Catechism of the Catholic Church. It's uh, spelled out in detail in uh, the Second Vatican Council documents. Uh, this is this is not new. Rather, what he's saying is he's saying in a way that's provocative. I I would agree with that. But what he's saying is essentially is that. Everyone is obligated, even atheists, to follow their conscience. And if you, if you in your conscience, even if it may be a, a badly formed conscience, if you perceive that doing this over here is evil, and you do it anyway, then you're violating your conscience, and that's a sin. If you honestly understand some action to be good, to be meritorious, or... or uh, you know, to, to conform with right reason, and you do that seeking to do what is good, because that's what you understand to be good, then this is just simply Catholic teaching. You're doing the very thing that God created you to do. Now, one final thing, and then I'll shut up. Um, we obviously have an obligation to have a properly formed conscience, and the Pope didn't get into the subtleties of that issue, except to say that those atheists who are seeking to do what they understand to be right are, in fact, cooperating with God's grace. They don't know it. They don't even believe that God exists. But yet they're cooperating with God's grace, and God's grace is drawing them toward salvation, toward faith in Christ, even if they're not aware of it. Um, I think that's the emphasis that the Pope was giving to that. There's nothing new there, but he said it in a way that got people's attention. Well, Patrick, we've got a, a break coming up here, but real quick, is it fair to say that you have to take into the context, you have to take into account the context of the Pope's words in the fact that, well, he's responding to an atheist and that this is basically a first step in the process. It's not the whole deal that he's trying to give to the guy right at the beginning. Is that right. a fair assessment? Oh, yeah, that that's very true. In fact, it is... Um, I think it tracks very well with what we see in the book of Acts when St. Paul is in Athens preaching at the Areopagus. He's, uh, you know, he's preaching to the, uh, to the, uh, excuse me, to the pagans there who are anything but uh, looking at the, the truth the right way. And rather than just nuke them, he begins by saying, as he's walking along, this is in Acts chapter 17, as he's walking along and he sees the shrine to this god and that god and the other god, of course he doesn't like any of that because these are all false gods, but he doesn't nuke them. He says, you know, I see that, you're, that you are a very religious people. So he, he begins with a compliment. And he starts there, and he says, I see you also have this shrine to an unknown God. Well, I'd like to tell you who, who he is. 
So I think that is, seems to me at least, that's what Pope Francis is trying to do, is following the pattern laid down by St. Paul in Acts 17. And rather than grabbing someone by the throat and, you know, saying, you're on your way to hell, he, which never does any good anyway, um, he's taking a different approach, and time will tell whether or not that approach is effective. Okay. Well, folks, we've got a a quick break we're going to take here, but if you've got a question for Patrick, uh, or if you've been wondering, you heard the Pope said something, you've been wondering, well, what did he say? Why did he say this? Or or someone's uh, come up to you, asked you a question about what the Pope said the last uh, several months that's been reported in the media, give us a call, 205-714-7014-205-714-7014. Or shoot me an email, john at biblechristiansociety.com. John at biblechristiansociety.com with your question or comment for Patrick Madrid. You're listening to Balaam's Ride on AM 1480, Queen of Heaven Catholic Radio, queenofheavenradio.com on the internet. And this is John Martinoni. We'll be back after these messages. Stay tuned. Support for programming on Queen of Heaven Catholic Radio comes in part from Paul Bruno and Cahaba Custom Cars. Specializing in classic car restorations, paint and body work, classic car rentals for weddings, they're located one block from the summit in Cahaba Heights. Their phone number is 205-936-4966. That number again, 205-936-4966. This is Father Michael Deering, spiritual director to Queen of Heaven Catholic Radio. Let's take a moment to pray for those who may be questioning their faith. Let's say a prayer to the Holy Spirit. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful, and kindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, and they shall be created and you shall renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. O God, who did instruct the hearts of the faithful by the light of the Holy Spirit, grant that by the gift of the same Spirit we may be always truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolation. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hi folks, Patrick Crabtree here with Crabtree Computer Services in Vestavia. By now you know that we at Crabtree can handle any of your computer and technology needs for a low cost with fast and friendly service. But instead of listening to me, why don't you hear it from our customers? This is Dr. Peter Van Hoy. I'm a plastic surgeon at Premier Plastic Surgery in Birmingham. We've been using Crabtree Computer Services for over eight years for all of our technology needs. They service our PCs, our servers, and our backups. They also manage our website for Google Marketing. Patrick and his staff are knowledgeable, courteous, and fast. I highly recommend Crabtree Computer Services. They've done a terrific job for us. So give Crabtree Computer Services a call for your next computer or technology need at 205 205- 5824-7722. That's 205-824-7722. Or come see us on Highway 31 in Vestavia, just across from Mark's Outdoor Sports. We guarantee our work and we guarantee your satisfaction. Hey. 
And now, WQOH 1480 AM presents Celebrity Confessions. May the good Lord help you to make a good confession. What are your sins? Hey, you know, thank you, Father. You know, it's been a few years, you know, since I made a good confession. You know, I think during that time, you know, I, uh, I beat Apollo to a bloody pope in a fight. Ah, yes, my lad, but I, I, I suppose that was in a boxing match, was it? Oh, yeah, you know, I was in a boxing match, but, you know, I beat him pretty bad. You know, I think it was like two or three rounds, you know, that I beat him in. I don't think that qualifies as a sin. Hey, you know, I said a few things to Adrian, you know, I didn't necessarily mean. Well, maybe some of them, but... Ah, yes, yes, yes. Are those all of your sins, me lad? I think so. Please make a good act of contrition. All right, this is Balaam's Ride, the edge of Catholic radio. John Martinoni here, and we have as our guest today Catholic apologist, uh, author, uh, radio host, uh, Patrick Madrid. Um, Patrick, one thing I want to ask you is just when the Pope says something and it gets reported in the media and, and Catholics, uh, whether they're getting their news on the Internet or from the mainstream media or wherever, they see a headline that says uh, Pope approves of homosexuality or, or Pope says atheists can go to heaven or Pope says abortion not that important anymore. Catholics need to get over it. So, what's the first thing a Catholic should do? <laughs> well, <clears throat> I always uh, recommend reading the actual statement itself in its entirety, rather than relying upon um, what are often distortions or misrepresentations uh, in the mainstream media, and even at times in the Catholic media. There are sometimes, uh, unfortunately, and I don't, I don't attribute malice to this, but sometimes sloppy journalism happens in the Catholic world. So if you, if you have any reason to wonder what he said, the best thing to do is to read it. And luckily, there are websites like newadvent.org, which aggregate, in a way similar to the Drudge Report, they aggregate top news stories in the Catholic world every day, and they change throughout the day. So any kind of um, controversial statement by Pope Francis or any statement by Pope Francis could easily be had by going to a place like that where you can actually read it in English. Now, he speaks almost exclusively anymore in Italian, at least in terms of his public interactions. And as a bishop of Rome, I think he's emphasizing that he's the bishop of Rome. He's not a foreign, um, you know, he's not He's a foreigner and living in Rome and, and carrying on in another language. So he's making that pastoral effort, which I admire on his part. But he does not speak English very well, and uh, he may be able to read it. We don't know. But he expresses himself pre predominantly in Spanish, of course, and in Italian. So if somebody has a facility with either of those languages, uh, then they can read the original and compare it to the English translation. That's what I do. I, I will read typically what he says in both languages so I can get a, get a triangulation, so to speak. And sometimes you'll see differences in the way it reads in one language versus how it's translated into English. But generally, the translations are sound. So you've got a, uh, a pope who is a native Spanish speaker speaking right. in Italian, and that's being translated into English, and it's being reported on by people who may not even be Christian and have probably little to no understanding of the Catholic faith other than 
that it's opposed to everything that they're for reporting on this. That, that's that's a, a good a good yeah, mix, that's good a, mix a for bit some problems. Filter, wouldn't you say? Yes, yes. Uh, to process through. So that's that's something that Catholics need to keep in mind. And this is something I want to get into because you you talked earlier about how you know he just kind of just in an ad hoc manner just sends a letter to a paper or gives an interview to somebody or or makes a phone call or shoots an email off, and that he's not as guarded in how he presents himself and and in in the things that he says as say as what we've been used to the last what 30 years or so with Pope John Paul yeah. II and now and and then Pope uh, Benedict the 16th and you know I've heard from you know I've seen on uh, first you get the the on the left let's say who completely distort the message then you get way on the right people saying oh this pope has gone off the cliff he's ruining the catholic church and so forth and so on but uh, it, it's kind of more in the middle but he he is providing fodder for people who either knowingly or unknowingly are are mistranslating him, misunderstanding him, and, and misinterpreting him. Is he not? And and this is where I've had people who are on the more traditionalist side, who are, who are not, you know, the the rad trad crazy, like oh, you've got to go to Latin mass or you're going to hell. But uh, who said, you know, they one told me, John, the way he's doing things, it's kind of disheartening for me because he seems to be using the same language that the other side uses. To describe things, so what what would you say about that? Well, I I was struck by the fact that um, after his um, after his uh, interview that he granted that was published simultaneously in I don't know sixteen or eighteen different Jesuit journals around the country, um, that it was shortly after that that Planned Parenthood released a uh, a picture I, I believe it came out in the form of billboards but it was also uh, on the internet uh, publicly thanking the pope for what they misinterpreted to be a statement condoning abortion you know like i don't have that picture in front of me it was it was shocking and and irritating to say the least but it was them basically poking pro life catholics in the chest and say, look, see, even your own pope agrees with us. We're thanking him publicly. Now, he didn't. He didn't agree with them. He doesn't agree with them. But there are some things that he said that are difficult for people to digest, and that leads to things such as what you just described. When the pope says, for example, as he did, that we don't need to be talking about abortion every day. Um, I understand what he means by that, but it, it sets up a difficulty for, for others. You know, I'm thinking about pro-life stalwarts, um, Judy Brown, Father, uh, oh gosh, I'm going to, priest for life, Father, um, his name is escaping me right now. Frank Pavone. Father Frank Pavone, yeah, how can I forget his name? You know, and uh, the great pro-life figures uh, around the country, around the world, you know, this is the apostolate that they are serving in. And... Um, you know, then, of course, the Pope, and I was very happy to see this, he came out yesterday with a statement saying that we have to fight with God against the evil one and evil things every day. So he really emphasized the necessity of fighting the good fight and to do it every day. So some people, you know, would say, well, wait a minute, isn't fighting abortion part of fighting the good fight? 
and if we're if we're hearing that we should fight every day, then how do we process a statement saying that we don't need to talk about abortion every day? Those are the kinds of things that I think are unintentional um, question marks that the Pope, uh, in his comments, can sometimes um, open the door for. I don't really get the sense that he intends any of that, so I'm not, I'm not suggesting any criticism of him personally. But if this is a different way for Popes to operate, and we're just now starting to get used to it. I think if you look at the entire body of what he says and look at it in the context of when and how he said it and that uh, mm-hmm. hey, he said one thing this day and said something else the next day, that you really understand this is, as he's called himself, a, a, a son of the church and that he is 100 percent Catholic and, and there's no leanings towards uh, uh, women priests or, no, or lightening the teachings no. on abortion or any of that stuff. But he is giving the opportunity on a day-by-day basis for some, like you said, Planned Parenthood, to more easily take him out of context. Well, right, and I... You know, all I can do is acknowledge the fact that this phenomenon exists. I can't, I can't uh, explain what the Pope is thinking. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I, right. I can only see it from a distance like you do. And we can acknowledge that this phenomenon exists. There's no harm in acknowledging it. And uh, how it will uh, res- be resolved in one direction or the other, I, I think, remains to be seen. But I, I think your point is worth repeating often, and that is context, context, context. And the fact that some news report says, oh, the Pope says it's okay to be gay, or, oh, the Pope says, you know, this, that, or the other, check the context and see if, in fact, that's actually what he said, or if he said that, but he said it in such a way that you can spin that to appear that he's saying something that he didn't really mean, not that he said any of those things. He didn't say that it's okay. You know, I'm, I'm not suggesting that. But we have to look at the context, and we have to read it. And this is where people have to use their brain muscles, you know, make an effort to read what the Pope says. For the, for the very fact, number one, that it's the Pope who's saying it, so it's worth reading in any case. But number two, that way you've got your facts straight, and you're not going to be, um, you're not going to be taken for a ride by some person who has either an axe to grind or just simply doesn't know what he's talking about and is commenting on what he thinks the Pope said or what he thinks the Pope meant but doesn't really fully understand. We have to be well-informed, and we have no excuse not to be because we live in the age of the Internet. That's true. On, on your phone, your computer, your tablet, you, you have instant access to all this information. So there's really no excuse for people, no matter what they do for a living, butcher, baker, candlestick maker, housewife, what a, you know, an apologist, even an apologist has no excuse. Right, John? Absolutely. And, and one thing I can say is, is this, this pope is, is keeping folks like you and me hopping, right? Uh, <laughs> so he, he's... Bringing a lot, he's giving us a lot of catechetical moments where we can teach people what the church is actually saying and teaching. But Patrick, we've got a, a break. Can you hang? Can you stay with us sure. a few more minutes? Because I've got a few sure, email questions, and I want to talk to you about some of the things you're involved in right now. Sure, I can do that. All right, great. All right, folks, we're talking to Patrick Madrid. This is John Martinoni, and you're listening to Balaam's Ride, the Edge of Catholic Radio, and we'll be right back after this. Hi folks, Patrick Crabtree here with Crabtree Computer Services in Vestavia. By now you know that we at Crabtree can handle any of your computer and technology needs for a low cost with fast and friendly service. But instead of listening to me, why don't you hear it from our customers? 
My name is John Herod, and I've been a very satisfied customer with Crabtree for the past three years. I have their Forget About It plan for my home PC, where for one low monthly fee, Crabtree monitors my PC for remote and keeps it updated and running really fast. And whenever I have any problem at all, and I've had my share, I call them, and they come in from remote and fix it right then and there. If they can't fix it from remote, they come on site and fix it for free. Crabtree does a great job. So give Crabtree Computer Services a call for your next computer or technology need at 205-824-7722. That's 205-824-7722. Or come see us on Highway 31 in Vestavia, just across from Mark's Outdoor Sports. We We guarantee your satisfaction. This is Father Michael Deering, spiritual director to Queen of Heaven Catholic Radio. Let's take a moment to pray for those who may be battling an addiction. Let's pray the Hail Mary. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Frankie's Market Cafe, 4257 Highway 52 in Helena, your home for home-cooked meats and signature veggies. Fresh fried catfish, beef tips over rice, squash casserole, and fried green tomatoes, just to name a few. Also featuring deli sandwiches, catering, southern fried pies made daily, private label jams and jellies, and local honey. Also a fresh produce department from local growers. Frankie's Market Cafe, 4257 Highway 52, Helena. We're here today to ask people about marriage. For starters, what's the best thing about being married? Who I get to stay married to. (laughs) Togetherness. To me, it's having a companion. My favorite thing about being married is that I have a partner. Do you think your marriage is good for more than just the two of you? Uh, Influence those around us. Yeah, I think. In a positive way. I think so. I would hope that people would see that uh, when we're together that we really have a very true affection for each other. What everybody wants and we know we're lucky to have it. The energy we give out in our home, I think, spreads out to other people. Your marriage just continues to go on and on and on. Oh, sure, and it'll affect generations after us. I think it really sort of stabilizes your whole community. It's a cornerstone of a society, right? Sounds like a good marriage goes a long way. It touches a lot of people. Want to improve your marriage? For ideas, go to foryourmarriage.org. A message from the Catholic Church. He prays four rosaries and the Divine Mercy Chaplet every hour. When he goes to daily Mass, he arrives before the priest. The saints have a statue of him. He's the most holy man on the planet. I don't normally listen to radio, but when I do, I listen to Balaam's Ride on WQOH 
John Martinoni here, folks, and as the holiest man on the earth said, you are listening to Balaam's Ride, and today our guest is Catholic apologist Patrick Madrid, and Patrick, I have a question that was emailed in from Enrico in Tujunga, California, says... Tujunga. What? Tujunga. you got to say it right, John. Oh, yeah. Tahunga. You know, I had a couple months of Spanish way back when. I should have gotten that. <laughs> Tujunga. I'm from Southern California, so I, I can tell you for sure it's pronounced Tahunga. Well, it's like Tijuana, you know. it's The, the J is like the Tahunga, California. Good morning, John and Patrick. A Baptist acquaintance made a casual remark that Pope Francis has now changed the Catholic position on homosexuals, which is what we've been talking about here. Uh, I asked him what specifics he could cite, but he did not elaborate. Would you by any chance uh, know what he might be talking about? Thanks, and God I bless. I can take a, a good guess, I think. He... In this uh, interview that we spoke about earlier that was published in Jesuit Journals, he was asked a question about um, his view of homosexuals. And I don't have the quote in front of me, but the words were very close to, uh, if this is somebody who is seeking God and trying to live a good life, who am I to judge? That is a, a... What's the word I'm looking for here? That is a subjective consideration of someone's plight. And he, once again, enunciated Catholic teaching, which is that whereas we can judge the actions of of somebody, we can't judge the heart. And the context of the statement was what's going on in the heart of that person? What What is the spiritual relationship between him and God? Someone can be engaged in serious sin, gross immorality, and and that person would be very far from God. But it doesn't mean that God is not still wooing him and drawing him. I think this is one of those examples where the Pope's comment comes across as open to interpretation, such as the the erroneous one that this person is suggesting, that the Pope somehow changed doctrine. First of all, you know, that's not changing anything. That's just simply the Pope saying, who am I to judge that person's heart? And Jesus himself said that. Now, it's not to say we can't judge actions. We have to do that. But he was referring to the heart of that other person. So if this Baptist person is uh, flustered about that, he really is flustered with what Jesus Christ himself said when he said, do not judge lest you be judged. He's referring to judging people's hearts. So his quarrel is really with Jesus Christ, not with Pope Francis. And very often we just have to break things down into their component parts in order to see exactly what's going on there. Now, I don't mean to suggest, and please don't get me wrong, I don't mean to suggest that I am necessarily comfortable or pleased with the way in which some of these things are said. I wish that Pope Francis, quite frankly, were more measured or more precise. But he's the Pope, and I'm not. You know? So I, I trust God, and I trust the movement of the Holy Spirit in the Church, even though we have some new things now that make us uncomfortable um, I I believe what's that old saying, you know, that, uh, that God wants to comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable. And I think that we've been way too comfortable in the United States as Catholics, fat and happy, and we take a lot of things for granted. So one great thing I love about Pope Francis's pontificate is that he is afflicting the comfortable by jarring people into a deeper awareness that, you know, Christianity is not something that we do for an hour on Sunday, but it's a way of life. It's who we are. It's how we should live. And uh, getting us out into those areas of living our faith that many 
Christian state just simply ignore. I think that's a good thing. All right. And, and as you said, he's the Pope, and, and you, you and I aren't, right? That's right. Uh, well, I've got a question here from Susie in Denver. It's off the, the topic, but she, she sent it in, and we're going to give it to you to answer. Uh, John, okay. I, re- I recently heard a Bible study lecture where the instructor indicated that Mount Horeb, the mountain of God, is in modern-day Saudi Arabia. Is that, in fact, correct? I'm trying to reconcile that with modern-day Mount Sinai in Egypt. No, it's not correct. Um, I don't know if that might be a bit of Muslim uh, apologetics or Muslim claims. Uh, Sometimes you'll see that sort of thing where they will try to appropriate certain things in the Hebrew Bible and uh, change them to reflect their own claims. The Mount, Mount Horeb seems to be Mount Sinai, and for those who are interested in reading a, uh, a I would say a, a good historical background would be to go to the NewAdvent.org website, and in the Catholic Encyclopedia section, there are you know thousands of articles on various subjects. One of them would be on Mount Sinai and Mount Horeb, and so one can read about the scholarship and the geographical information about that. That'd be that's where I would start if I wanted to do deeper study on that subject. Right, very good. And and you've mentioned newadvent.org a few times. I I go that I use that resource a lot. Like you said, the yeah. the the, uh, the current news articles on the church and what's going on in the culture and and Catholic bloggers and such, and then the uh, Catholic encyclopedia, and then also the the writings of the church fathers. It's it's, it's a a resource that I believe every Catholic should have right there at the top of their list, newadvent.org. Yeah, I agree with that. All right, Patrick, well, um, before we let you get away, tell us some of the things you've got going on. I know you've got a new book out. Talk a little bit about that and, and other projects you're into. Well, thanks, John. I do have a new book out with Servant. It's called On a Mission, Lessons from St. Francis de Sales. Uh, He's certainly a big figure in the world of apologetics, which is defending the faith. And uh, in that book, I take on what I believe are some of the the key factors in being effective at explaining, sharing, and defending the faith, which is something that all baptized Christians are called to do. We all have that uh, duty to do the best we can to explain to other people what we believe even why. So that book's out. Your local Catholic bookstore will carry it. And um, if you don't live near a Catholic bookstore, you could readily find it online as well. My website, where people can find out more about my work, is patrickmadrid.com. What are the odds of that happening? My actual name.com, patrickmadrid.com. That, they can find out more. That's really weird. Also, my radio show, uh, right here, right now, that program airs across the EWTN network. It's produced by Mac at Heart Radio, and it, it's on at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 Pacific. So um, I would encourage people, if they uh, go to ihradio.com, they can even listen to archived editions of the show. And, and uh, we, we, really we air your John, program here on, on Queen of Heaven Radio as well. Oh, okay. It airs on Queen of Heaven. So that's probably coming on at 3 Central then, right? Yes, correct. Okay. Um, that's good to know. Well, the other thing that I'm really excited about is the work that we're doing with the Catholic Apologetics Academy. That website is catholicapologeticsacademy.com, where we have a uh, team of experts, faculty members, mainly PhDs in their field, and we go to different cities, different dioceses around the country, and we put on an extended 
uh, session of high-level Catholic apologetics for those who really want to learn how does John Martinoni do it? How does he how does he just handle callers with such ease and do these apologetics uh, things that he does? Or how does Tim Staples do it? How, how do these guys do this? Well, that's what we teach people how to do at the Catholic Apologetics Academy. There's a video explaining our work. It's about three minutes long. There's some testimonial videos from graduates of previous academies, and I would just encourage anyone even thinking about studying more deeply, go to catholicapologeticsacademy.com and, uh, and find out. Well, in terms of uh, how does John Martinoni do it, it's a lot of smoke and mirrors. So, <laughs> uh, all right, so very good stuff, catholicapologeticsacademy.com, uh, patrickmadrid.com to find out in general what Patrick's up to, it, it, the books he's written, and I, I cannot uh, recommend strongly enough if you're interested in apologetics or or if you're already into apologetics and you want to get deeper into it and learn more about your faith, because, Patrick, uh, I know you do this as well, but apologetics is not a be-all and end-all. It's, it's a tool, and I use it first and foremost as a tool for teaching Catholics, because yeah. when you're teaching them how to defend the faith, you're actually teaching them the faith, right? That's true. Yeah, it, it is a tool. It's not the only tool in the toolbox. It's not even the most important tool in the toolbox, but it's it's an important one nonetheless. And uh, Catholics uh, need to know. Uh, there's something that, if I could take one more second, there's something else that people may be interested in doing, and that is enrolling at Holy Apostles College and Seminary in an apologetics course. I, I teach that in the distance program, holyapostles.edu. You can find out more information about that. And uh, starting next month, I'm going to be offering a three-week mini-course through Holy Apostles College and Seminary on apologetics. People can get a certificate of completion. Uh, it's much less of a time commitment, and uh, they'll get a good a good strong dose of how to do apologetics. Go to holyapostles.edu for more info. All right, very good. And that's the class that I'm enrolled in. I'm, I'm, they're they're making me take all these courses to get a master's degree so I can teach. You know, mm-hmm. but uh, hey, I'll slog through it the best I can. Anyway, but yeah, it's it's right. good stuff, uh, folks. Uh, holyapostles.edu apologetics. Uh, Patrick's teaching. Maybe one day, God willing, I'll be teaching courses there as well. But uh, right now, you can't can't do any better than than what you're getting through Patrick's course. <laughs> and again, patrickmadrid.com and catholicapologeticsacademy.com. Patrick, we appreciate your time here today. Uh, God bless you and all the work and and, and your family and and all all your thank loved you, John. Ones. Thank you, John. Good to be here with you. All right, folks, that was uh, Patrick Madrid, Catholic apologist extraordinaire. We're going to take a quick break now, and when we come back, we'll finish up with the home stretch of uh, Balaam's Ride here on Queen of Heaven Radio, uh, Catholic Radio, and you're listening on the internet either on 1480 AM or on the internet at uh, Catholic, at, well, I can't get it right, I problems with my, my mouth here, Queen of Heaven Radio. Dot com. John Martinoni here, and we'll be back after this. This is Father Michael Deering, spiritual director to Queen of Heaven Catholic Radio. Let's take a moment to pray for those who may be suffering hardship in the current economy. Let's pray the Our Father. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, 
as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Did you know that the license tag on your car could save a life? Purchase a Choose Life tag for your car and help a local crisis pregnancy center in your county. By purchasing a Choose Life tag, you not only will have a rolling billboard on your car that promotes life, but 100% of the funds help your local pregnancy center provide free services to those women facing a crisis pregnancy. So get your Choose Life license tag and join thousands of others who are promoting life in our state. For more information, go to ChooseLifeAlabama.org. And thank you for choosing life. Hey, folks, you're looking for some help with a home improvement project, a fixer-upper, maybe building a deck or some plumbing or electrical work? Or are you looking at buying a new house and you need someone that you can depend upon to come in and inspect that house for you? Well, I've got just the person for you. Jamie Cather was once named Carpenter of the Year in Dallas, Texas. He's also licensed by the state of Alabama as a home inspector. I've used him personally at our house for small to mid-sized projects. And Queen of Heaven Radio has used him for several projects, none of which he has charged us for. So if you want quality work... For a very affordable price for a home improvement project, a fixer-upper project, or for a home inspection, Jamie Cather is the man to call. You can reach him at 296-2490. That number again, 296-2490. Tell him you heard about him on Queen of Heaven Radio, and he'll give you a discount to his already discounted quotes. Her Choice Birmingham Women's Center invites you to attend their 2013 fundraising banquet entitled Conceived in Rape from Worthless to Priceless on Thursday, November 7th, 7 p.m. at The Club. The special guest speaker will be Rebecca Kiesling, a family law attorney, adoptee, and mother of five. She delivers a powerful presentation of her own life story, Conceived in Rape from Worthless to Priceless. There is no cover charge to attend the banquet, but a gracious donation is expected. Please contact Her Choice today regarding your attendance, hosting a table of eight, or desire to donate at 205-427-1313. That's 205-427-1313. Her Choice Birmingham Women's Center exists to help women facing a crisis pregnancy to choose life and to support them with that decision. Post-abortion recovery services are also offered to both men and women. Again, let Her Choice know of your support of this year's Her Choice Women's Center Banquet by calling 205-427-1313. Funding for Queen of Heaven Radio is brought to you in part by our loyal listeners and by Oxmoor Valley Orthodontics. Located at 415 West Oxmoor Road, their phone number is 942-2270. Oxmoor Valley Orthodontics are committed to providing high-quality orthodontic care in a unique setting that is fun, warm, and comfortable. Oxmoor Valley Orthodontics, 415 West Oxmoor Road, 942 942- 2270. All right, we're back for the final segment of today's program. This is John Martinoni, and you're listening to Balaam's Ride on Queen of Heaven Radio, 1480 AM, and com on the Internet. Uh, enjoyed having Patrick on. Uh, he really, I cannot say enough good things about Patrick and the work that he does and, and the books that he's written. If you have not ever read one of uh, Patrick Madrid's books, you need to 
go online and start to check one of them out. Just just try one and see if you don't like it and see if it leads you getting more. Uh, I want to close out this, the program today talking about something that's uh, in the news, maybe not uh, on the national news that you get on CBS, NBC, Fox, and all that. But uh, this was from an article in the National Catholic Register, October 6th. Of this year, it's about Loyola Marymount University. I don't know if you're familiar with them, but out in Los Angeles, a Catholic college or university. And one of the professors out there, who is an Orthodox Catholic, who who believes in the teachings of the church, raised the concern that uh, he had found out that their health coverage paid for abortions. And so he brought that to the attention of the university, which I'm sure they probably already knew. But uh, he, he made that public, and so the university wound up dropping the abortion coverage. Well, what happened next was about, I think, half the faculty, or maybe even more, protested the fact that this Catholic university was dropping its abortion coverage for its employees, for its uh, faculty and staff, which kind of ironic, don't you think? The uh, faculty at a Catholic university protesting the fact that the university drops its abortion coverage. Well, from this article, let me read some of this article uh, again from the National Catholic Register, October 6th. The Board of Trustees at Loyola Marymount University has handed down a Solomonic decision in the controversy over the university's abortion coverage that may end up leaving very few happy. In fact, the the title of this article is, is Loyola Marymount Board Splits the Baby on Abortion Coverage. Continuing with the article, although the board confirmed Loyola Marymount will no longer provide health plans that cover elective abortion, the Jesuit University will still help employees find alternative plans that do. So they're dropping their health coverage, but they're telling employees, hey, well, they're dropping the the abortion part of their health coverage, but they're telling their employees, hey, don't worry about it, we'll still help you find coverage for abortions. Uh, We acknowledge, from the article, we acknowledge that the issue of abortion is extremely complicated and encompasses varied and competing values that often leave no one happy, uh, Bircham and Aikenhead said. And this is uh, uh, board chairman Kathleen Aikenhead and president of the university, David Bircham. Nonetheless, they continued, we believe that the right to life and dignity for every human being is a fundamental part of Catholic beliefs. All other rights flow from this primary right to life and dignity, and that this vision needs to be evidenced in LMUs and Loyola Marymount's policies and procedures. <clears throat> well, they're, they're talking the talk, but uh, are they really walking the walk? goes on to say that Christopher Kazor, a Loyola Marymount professor of philosophy, told the National Catholic Register that he, while he welcomed the decision to drop abortion coverage from Loyola Marymount's principal health plans as a, quote, good step forward, unquote, but that he had concerns over the university arranging an alternative way to provide for abortion coverage. What they are doing is akin to saying... And this is a quote from uh, Christopher Kazor, the professor. What they are doing, excuse me, is akin to saying, 
I think abortion is intrinsically evil and should never be done, so I am not going to drive you to the abortion clinic, but let me arrange for my brother to take you to the abortion clinic. If you give him a few dollars, it should be fine. That position doesn't really seem to make moral sense, he said. And, folks, I've got to agree with him. I tell you what, the state of Catholic higher education in this country today is uh, questionable at best. There are a number of good universities, good Catholic colleges, that are, are coming out of the uh, the morass of the 70s, 80s, and 90s in Catholic higher education. Uh, you've got uh, Steubenville, Franciscan Steubenville, uh, Franciscan University in Steubenville, Ohio. You've got uh, Thomas Aquinas College out in California, um, uh, Benedictine College out in Kansas, uh, um, Ave Maria down in Florida. What's the one in Front Royal, Virginia? The um, uh, oh, I can't think of it right offhand. But anyway, there are a number of good Catholic universities. That's why you need to uh, go online. Before you send your, your, your son or daughter to a Catholic school, you need to go online and really check out the Catholic universities. You need to get a hold of the Cardinal Newman Society. Uh, they, you can find them easily online. They put out an annual report on the state of Catholic higher education. So get that, Cardinal Newman Society report. All right, we're coming down to the last uh, 30 seconds or so. Before we do, I just want to let you know, next week, again, we'll have more of the same, more apologetics and so forth, but we're also going to have another guest on. His name is Chad Mathis. He's a uh, congressional candidate for uh, running for Spencer Backus's. That's a local guy here in Alabama, U.S. Congress. His seat, and he's going to be talking about Common Core, this uh, national... Uh, what some would call a national takeover of education by Washington, D.C., by um, the federal government. So Chad Mathis, a congressional candidate in, I I don't know exactly which district, but uh, candidate for U.S. Congress in the 2014 elections, will be talking about the Common Core, the standards and, and so forth. And who knows, he's a politician, so... We might be getting into other things as well. All right, this is Balaam's Ride. I'm John Martinoni. Hope you all have a great week. God bless.